welcome to the SCOTUS Update Podcast, presented by Portland State University's The Vanguard. I'm your host, Connor. Thank you for joining me. Today, we are looking at the free exercise clause and public safety requirements. This is episode one. Don't say it, don't spray it. Less than five months ago, the plaintiffs in the case South Bay United Pentecostal Church v. Newsom would have had little chance of prevailing. They seek exemptions from a California public health order requiring many institutions, including houses of worship, to gather outside to avoid spreading COVID-19. They also seek an exemption from a statewide ban on singing or chanting indoors. But a lot has happened in the last five months, which suggests that the South Bay case plaintiffs are now likely to actually prevail. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg sadly passed away and was replaced by the very hardline conservative Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Then, on the night before Thanksgiving in 2020, the Supreme Court handed down a revolutionary decision that upended decades of precedent, distinguishing between laws that discriminate against people of faith, which are typically not allowed, and laws that apply to religious and secular institutions alike, which were typically permitted. That case, Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn v. Cuomo, the governor of New York, halted New York State's rules that placed strict limits on how many people could gather inside houses of worship, at least in areas with particularly severe outbreaks of COVID-19, what they would term hotspots. So, the court's 5-4 decision in Roman Catholic Diocese could foreshadow a Supreme Court decision blocking California's rules requiring many religious services to be conducted outdoors. New York State's ban on indoor singing and chanting, however, presents a novel question. As one of California's expert witnesses testified to a trial court that left the ban in place, quote, most scientists believe that group singing, particularly when engaged in while in close proximity to others in an enclosed space itself, carries a high risk of spreading the COVID-19 virus through the emission of infected droplets. Significantly, the state's ban on indoor singing applies not just to religious institutions, but also to secular activities, such as political protests and school functions. Thus, for reasons I'll explain, the South Bay plaintiff's challenge to the indoor singing ban tests even the extraordinarily favorable regime for religious objectors that the court laid out in Roman Catholic Diocese. That does not mean, however, that those plaintiffs will fail in their quest for an exemption from this ban, but it does mean that South Bay could expand the court's solicitousness towards religious conservatives even more than its Roman Catholic Diocese decision. Now, prior to Roman Catholic Diocese, the court drew a line between cases involving religious discrimination and cases brought by religious plaintiffs who sought an exemption from a broadly applicable law under the Constitution's safeguards for the Free Exercise Clause uh, or Free Exercise of Religion Clause. Under the court's decision in the case Employment Division v. Smith, 1990, state laws may be enforced against people with religious objections to those laws, so long as the challenge policy is a, quote, neutral law of general applicability, end quote. 
Laws that single people of faith out for inferior treatment are suspect, but state laws that treat such individuals the same as everyone else were typically upheld, even if they impose some burdens on religious exercise. Now, it's worth noting that a federal statute applies a far stricter rule to federal laws that burden religious exercise, but that statute is not at issue in the case of South Bay and does not apply to the state of California. Meanwhile, a state law that discriminates against a particular religion or against religious institutions generally will normally be struck down. But what constitutes discrimination? Now, prior to Roman Catholic diocese, the Supreme Court's precedents indicate that states were only required to treat religious activity the same as, quote, analogous non-religious conduct, end quote. Indeed, this was the rule that the Supreme Court followed in 2020 in May, in an earlier challenge to California's public health rules brought by the same plaintiff that is now before the court in South Bay. In this first South Bay case, the court voted 5-4 to four to uphold a public health order placing a cap on the number of people who could attend a worship service. Now, as Chief, Chief, excuse me, Chief Justice Roberts explained in a concurring opinion, while the public health rules at issue in the first South Bay case did burden houses of worship, quote, similar or more severe restrictions apply to comparable secular gatherings, including lectures, concerts, movie showings, spectator sports, and theatrical performances, where large groups of people gather in close proximity for extended periods of time, end quote. Thus, because houses of worship were treated similarly to or better than other institutions where people gather in auditorium-like settings for extended periods of time, the numerical cap on attendance at worship was upheld. But four months after the first South Bay case, Justice Ginsburg, as aforementioned, sadly died, and Barrett's confirmation gave the dissenters in the South Bay case the votes that they needed to drastically change the law. Like the first South Bay case, Roman Catholic Diocese involved state public health rules that placed a cap on attendance at worship services in certain parts of that state. Also, like the first South Bay case, New York's rules did not actually treat places of worship worse than other similar institutions. Indeed, while New York allowed houses of worship to hold services, for at least a limited number of people, public gatherings such as lectures, concerts, etc., were outright banned in the relevant parts of New York. And yet, the Supreme Court's new majority blocked New York's restrictions on religious services, pointing to the fact that some businesses, including, quote, acupuncture facilities, campgrounds, and garages, end quote, <laughs> were allowed to admit more people than places of worship. Now, Apologize for the laugh there. However, this is in reference to Justice Gorsuch's um, uh, concurring opinion here, and he has made it very clear that he believes secular institutions receive far better treatment than religious ones, hence his opinion here and his somewhat childish and pejorative uh, tone when writing his concurring opinion. Now, Roman Catholic dioceses, in other words, effectively abandoned the rule that states may regulate religious institutions so long as those institutions must follow the same restrictions that are applied to those analogous non-religious conduct. 
After Roman Catholic Diocese, a law re uh, regulating a religious institution might be struck down if, in fact, the state imposes fewer burdens on any secular business, no matter how different that business may be from that religious institution. So, if you accept the court's decision in Roman Catholic Diocese, then the South Bay plaintiffs have a very strong case against California's restrictions on indoor services themselves. Now, one of the more frustrating things about court cases challenging COVID-related public health orders is that the actual substance of these orders frequently change while the case is still pending, often becoming more restrictive during severe outbreaks and less so during uh, a substance uh, or reduce of the outbreak itself, a lessening of cases. Uh, California relaxed some of its restrictions shortly after the South Bay plaintiffs filed their request for relief in the same Supreme Court. Currently, places of worship in most of the states are required to conduct services outdoors, and rightly so. Similar outdoor-only restrictions apply to movie theaters, gyms, restaurants, and, quote, family entertainment centers, end quote. Still yet to determine exactly what that term means, but it has a legal consequence here. Live audiences, however, are prohibited at sporting events, as we all may have noticed. Now, under the law that existed prior to Roman Catholic Diocese, these severe restrictions on worship services would have been upheld. Requiring all such services to be held outdoors is a serious constraint, to be sure. But similar secular venues, such as movie theaters and professional sports, are subject to similar, or oftentimes, as actually is the case in New York and California, far more restrictive limits. After Roman Catholic Diocese, however, this has changed. And though California's rules closed, uh, can close some businesses, they allow retail stores such as groceries to remain open at a limited capacity. Of course, there are obvious distinctions between a church and a Fred Meyer, or a Safeway, for instance. As a federal trial judge noted in an opinion upholding California's restrictions, People attending worship services tend to engage in high-risk activities, such as gathering together in groups, highly congregated, socializing for a prolonged period of time, and singing. People typically do not congregate together and sing at the grocery store, or a gun store, a liquor store, whatever you want to call it. But after Roman Catholic Diocese, it is far from clear that these obvious differences between houses of worship and retail stores matter at least in the eyes of SCOTUS. It's possible that the Supreme Court will uphold California's restrictions under a doctrine that permits burden of religion that use the, quote, least restrictive means, end quote. This is a legal doctrine that's been utilized for quite some time in jurisprudence. And it's utilized to advance a compelling state interest. However, that outcome seems quite unlikely in this very conservative court. The ban on indoor singing and chanting, meanwhile, presents a somewhat interesting question. As noted above, California does not single out religious singers and chanters for inferior treatment. These same restrictions applies to political protests, to school music recitals, or to drunken gatherings that break out into spontaneous renditions of name a song. Nevertheless, the South Bay plaintiffs claim that the indoor singing ban is discriminatory because they claim, quote, speaking loudly or shouting is still allowed in Hollywood television studios or in locker rooms for professional athletes, end quote. Now, it's 
important to mention, uh, live audiences are prohibited at sporting events. Professional teams aren't required to shut down entirely, though, to be fair. Now, if the Supreme Court accepts this argument, that could be tantamount to a decision holding that there's no such thing as a neutral law of general applicability, which can be applied to religious institutions. It would essentially mean that religious objectors would gain a broad power to challenge virtually any law so long as they can show that any secular business anywhere is allowed to engage in any activity that is vaguely similar to the conduct that the religious objector wishes to engage in, no matter how dissimilar that business may be from a religious institution itself. Now, Roman Catholic Diocese was a clear sign that the Supreme Court is willing to increase the risk of spreading COVID, a dangerous and deadly virus, if doing so also benefits religious conservatives. South Bay could show us just how far the court is willing to go in tearing down public health orders and potentially many other laws in its service of some ideological view of religious liberty, whatever that means. Now, to conclude this analysis of this case and this, this notion of religious freedom versus public safety, I want to read an introductory portion of uh, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor's uh, dissenting opinion in the case of Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn v. Cuomo. Quote, Admits the pandemic that has already claimed over a quarter million American lives. As an aside, outside of the quotation, this is many months ago, so obviously we are far, far further afield in terms of death. The court today enjoins one of New York's public health measures aimed at containing the spread of COVID-19 in areas facing the most severe outbreaks. Earlier this year, this course twice stayed its hand when asked to issue similar extraordinary relief. I see no justification for the court's change of heart, and I fear that granting applications such as the one filed by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn will only exacerbate the nation's suffering." End quote. In closing, I want to thank all of you for joining me today, and I hope that you will join me next week, as uh, this Roberts Court has a docket chock full of pivotal jurisprudential consequence within its ranks, and all of these decisions can and will affect us all, as Roman Catholic Diocese has clearly evinced. Thank you, and have a good day.